1: the heck is going on? I think it's Friday night, Will. I think it's about eleven o'clock Eastern Time, and uh, it's time for explain yourself. Now, usually we have about three projects to talk about. Uh, this week, Will and I are Travis are, are, are to buy a joined B Hill. Our joined by <laughs> Travis B Hill. Um, we're going to talk about one campaign this week, Techno Nights, uh, that is comes through the Dauntless Stories website. Uh, Travis, usually we make people go, go, go at this point, but we're going to take our
0: time. Uh, how, are, how the hell you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, it's, it's a four day weekend from work. Just been hanging out, working on scripts, reading some comics. And so just
2: enjoying a couple days off. Did you get any days off, Will, or uh, no rest for the wicked? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I apparently am very wicked. So. Yeah. my
1: my kid had the day off, so we I did a uh, I did a drop her off at grandma's and go to work for a couple hours because uh, I can usually work at home, but it's nice to get in there once or twice a week and get some stuff in places it needs to be. So I just dropped her off and and came in. So I actually got more work done because she was at school. It wasn't at school. It was pretty great. Smart I, move. But but day jobs, who needs them? Let's not talk about them. We're here to talk sure. about comics. <laughs> uh, and we're able to talk about comics because uh, Geek Collective allows us to uh, to just glom onto their, their organization. So thank you very much to Joey Galvez and the Geek Collective crew. We got somebody here in the comments. Oh, Ignacio, how are you, sir? How is the drawing hey, going Ignacio. this evening? <laughs> Cheers. Hello. So, like I said, let's take a little bit more time. What stories did you read as a kid that brought you on your, your journey to want to, to create as an adult?
0: So it was real wild. I, um, when I was a kid, uh, I was just Batman. Like, that was it. Like, I, um, my grandmother handed me, like, an old 70s Batman comic when I was in, like, I don't know kindergarten, first grade. And I was like, "This is awesome." Um, <laughs> yeah. My dad showed me Batman. I we saw the Michael Keaton Batman's together. I was like three years old in eighty oh <laughs> nine, but I was hooked. You know, um, Batman Returns, so awesome. Um, Man, you would have been about what, like six for Batman Returns? Gosh, uh, was it ninety two? So yeah, about six.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that might be a little rough for me. I was I was yeah. like sixteen, and it was you know, there like, you go. Yeah. When, when when DeVito bit off the guy's hand, I was in heaven, but I can't imagine right. being
0: sick seeing that. <laughs> hey, look, Batman saved the day. That's that's, that's the, true. That's the thing. And um, and so yeah, so I just kind of grew up on that. Um in terms of comics. I remember my big I still have them out in the garage. Um, I hunted for uh this was when I was a little older in middle school, when I started like really collecting. Mm-hmm. Um I was at uh Oh, half price books. If y'all don't have a half price I was there today. I actually so not trying to get into day jobs, but I teach and mentor mm-hmm. high school students for a, a nonprofit organization. But and so today I took a couple kids up to half price books and to get them some comics and nice. you know, just getting the next generation started. But uh <laughs> man, I, we had a half-price books that was walking distance to my house. Um, or I would ride my bike up there or whatever. And I remember pulling out the the cover where bane uh oh. breaks batman's back and i was like what is this <laughs> so i'm flipping through that and i was like this is you know it's got the little circle i can't remember now i feel bad because i don't know the issue number and I, I used to yeah um but it's got the little circle up there in the corner of the nightfall and so it's counting down and then so i start digging through and i'm like there's like seven or eight of these but they're all out of order and i don't have the right numbers and but i've got them so then i make it my mission to get all the nightfall uh they ha- I read it in a bad order
2: okay. <laughs> because they had
0: the Knights in trade where, where Batman returns and gets the, yeah. uh, gets the mantle back from Jean Paul. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I, I got that trade and I took it home and I read it and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ending is great. Now I got to read all this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I made it my mission. And I, by the end of high school, over the next six years, I hunted every, from the, I went back to find the beginning issue of Bane, wherever mm-hmm. Bane showed up first. So that was even before And um, I hunted, like, every issue over the next six years of Nightfall and Night Quest, which is massive. And so they're in these and one shoeboxes that are tattered (laughs) and torn. But they're in. So I read that, um, and that was it. Like, that was all – I mean, I was just Batman. Like, uh, the Catalyst event, No Man's Land, uh, War Crimes, uh, whatever those events were. I just thought, like, those – I'm drawn to, um, I don't know, world building in that way. Like, yeah. just how can you weave a story together across like five issues and all these different writers? I'm, I'm loving X Men right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've got seven or eight authors and, and a whole team of artists like drawing for this Krakoa world or whatever. Um, but anyway, so that's what got me into it. And I just, and then I kind of branched out when I was in college and started that. That was when um, they had that 52 mm-hmm. uh, Shawnee. Hey Shawnee. yes. <laughs> look at that. Got my got my back. Nightfall 11. There we go.
1: Um, Sh- Shawnee's here for the information. We're, hey, we're, we're here to be like, yeah, I, re- I remember Batman fought Bane. Yeah. That's that it. Happened. Like,
0: <laughs> it's like on the ESPN broadcast where some you got the stat people looking up yeah. the first time. And so somebody's got the stats yeah. they're <laughs> running to the broadcasters of like, you know, first. Shawnee, Shawnee's
1: our John Clayton. Yeah. There you go. Um rest of peace.
2: Makes us look good.
0: Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, but then New 52, or not New 52, but 52, that, that weekly series. 52. Uh, was com- Yeah, wonderful. was coming out when yeah. I was, uh, who all was on that? Greg Rucka, and I can't really remember. I think Wade and Morrison
1: were two of them, I think. Matt Fraction, too,
2: I think, right? Not certain. Couldn't all tell All of you.
0: that sounds right, and I have no idea. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I started reading those and i started to branch out into other characters so i started reading the crossovers um and then they did the countdown and then they did final and so that was all coming out when i was in college so i started reading Mm -hmm. that and so then i got into superman so really i was reading batman and superman and then like any dc events but i was not reading anything else um Mm -hmm. but but so my childhood was just really kind of like i mean i had all the batman cups from mcdonald's right like i was that kid um and Batman action figures. So, so comics to me was, was Batman. It was whatever Batman had going on. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the long answer to your question. I have (laughs) my adulthood, like that didn't get me into writing comics. So I was just like, this is cool. Yeah. Um, writing comics was when I branched out a little more, uh, after I graduated college, after I, I came, you know, um, I, I went to college in Shreveport. I left uh, for a year. Uh, I'm sure we might get into this later or not, but I played basketball for a year. Came back um, to Shreveport to do a master's, and there was this bookstore that opened up. And they're out on the East Coast. I know they've been there for a while, but it came to Shreveport called Second and Charles. Okay. And just like half price books, there's no half price books in Shreveport. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm in Second and Charles one day, and I'm talking about all those marvel hardcovers that are you know 40 bucks mm-hmm. they're in there on the shelves for five dollars wow. and i'm like wait what and so <laughs> i'm looking around and i and i realized like i'm not i, I wanted to get into spider-man right? right so i i was like man i love the character of spider-man but the only marvel and i'm like 25 years old at this point right mm-hmm. and i realized the only marvel i've ever read legitimately taking the time to read was dark Phoenix. That was the one. Okay. That was the exactly. one thing I read dark Phoenix. Like I say the Batman nightfall thing, but if I do go back, I had, I checked out dark Phoenix from the library over and over and over again through elementary school, middle school. Like I was okay. the only, if you go to the Bedford library in Bedford, Texas, and you look up the history, it's like Travis Hill checked out this book 800 <laughs> times and no one else got to read it. Um, but yeah, so, but, Other than X Men, you know Dark Phoenix saga, and Spider Man Blue. Oh, okay. Those were the only two things I had read from Marvel Comics at age twenty five. But now I have—I don't know—I can do that. Like this whole shelf is Marvel. Like that, this whole thing. Nice. And that's like now. I mean, just because those all those books over there, those heart—they were. I started pulling them off the shelf, uh, starting with JMS they had the JMS Spider-Man runs, right? Mm-hmm. And so then I'm really getting into that. And so then that takes me down the rabbit hole of, Oh gosh, now I got to read. That was, that was the time. So I'm reading those JMS, JMS Spider-Man I'm reading. And so then I start grabbing, they have the, the, uh, bend is new Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just pulling those things off the shelves. Um, and anything they, they don't have at second and Charles, I'm ordering, you know, use on Amazon. I'm getting everything. Mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Uh, I mean and then you know so I'm reading everything from the 2000s that wasn't the ultimate universe but everything in there and that's when I'm like oh everything is tied together like I have all the Civil War hardcovers I had to make sure I got those now everything has to match on my shelf because I'm like OCD like that kind (laughs) of um so it's like it can't be paperback I can't do it um but anyways so that's when I start thinking like oh this is I'm enjoying this so much. And now I'm, I, I enjoy collecting. I enjoy being, and I enjoy these stories, but I might want to take a shot at this. That just like these, here's what, here's what happened. Um, And this is what I kind of say, like DC kind of raised me as I was young in this very like ethical world of Mm -hmm. here are the pillars of righteousness yeah. And then, and then here is sinfulness over here. If we could couch it in some sort of religious terms, mm-hmm. um, and all their characters are built very godlike, like that. Like even Batman, he has he is righteous justice, and he can do no wrong, right? Right. And and uh, you know, it, people's heads spun when Wonder Woman spun somebody's head that one time. <laughs> that was that the whole world off, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but then I start reading Marvel, and I'm like, yo, these characters really don't have they're, they're figuring out their ethics as they go. It's mm-hmm. a lot more interesting. I'm an adult now. So the world, the ethics of the world is a lot more interesting um, and trying to figure that out. And I thought, this is the way to tell stories. Like I really am enjoying this. Um, and so I just, that's when like it got on my brain and, um, I'm gonna keep going. If that's go. cool. then we can and we yeah. can shift gears. And yeah, we we,
1: we yeah. do a lot of editing. We'll edit out yeah. anything. We we've never edited a, a second of this. Sorry, right. <laughs> no, it's
0: great. No, so so, so then, like if we had ahead. like
1: three people on here, it'd be like, well, I want to make sure that Tracy has what her time and yeah. Mike has his time. But guess yeah. what? Tonight's your time. And, down your time. here, <laughs> it's your time. Down here. Look, thank
0: you so Travis, much, Travis. You goonie. I lucked out. <laughs> I lucked out because it's Good Friday and I'm a bad Christian. And so I'm not doing any of that uh, today. Um, so, but yeah, um, so so then I left, I eventually left Shreveport, came to Dallas. I was going to Dallas uh, Theological Seminary. Um, okay. <laughs> very, thanks, Shani. Uh, I can do it. I can ramble. Um, so it is, so I go to Dallas Seminary, Dallas Theological Seminary, and I go there. Um, I uh, I had like uh, you know a grant that would pay for whatever. I come here, I get a job with a with a Christian nonprofit, and I'm getting really involved. in, in... I came from a religious background that's uh, a Christian religious background that's very um, intense on studying the text of the Bible in a conservative way. I'm okay. um, no longer that. If you read anything i put on twitter ever (laughs) or any of my comics um but and i was already kind of moving out of that um out of that whole uh mindset yeah religious mindset yeah yeah yeah. um into a much more uh, uh this word has so many different uh connotations to it but a much more liberal christianity right uh DTS is a very conservative school though but I didn't care because you know what I knew about it um the the seminary had the best New Testament program studying you know Koine Greek in like all of North America they got this professor Dan Wallace so I was like look I'm if I'm my job was like you can go to school and so I start going to school there because I wanted to know how to read this and I was like look these super uber conservative Christians don't know what they're talking about. So let me go make sure I know how to read it so that I can say, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. And now I know why. Um, <laughs> um, so I went to, you know, I, I went to seminary out of spite. and uh, <laughs> and But while I was there, and that was all good. I mean, I wrote my uh, thesis and the school published it. It was all good. It was all good. But while I was there, um, I decided to take uh, some some classes in the arts department um i had done a film degree in my undergrad and so i uh was we're really rabbit hole i'm so sorry it's okay (laughs) Okay. um and so i had always when i was doing my film degree as you know 18 19 20 years old i was like sundance film festival i would love to go but as i got older i was like "Eh, it's it's just a pipe dream i don't really know when i would go (laughs) well then the school was advertising one day uh they have a theology and film class that goes to Sundance. And so I went and found that professor and was like, I gotta go. And he's like, Well, spots are full, but you can sign up next year. And I was like, Oh, dang, okay, whatever. Then he called me or he emailed me like a week later and was like, Hey, somebody dropped out. Do you want the spot? And I was like, Yes, I want the spot. <laughs> um, and and so Tim Baslin is this uh, professor's name. He's fantastic. He's not at DTS anymore, but um, he's just a really, um, anyway. So we were, the, the film class, Park City, Utah, it was great. Like some of the best learning I've done to that point ever. Um, and just really started to think about story in this like very uh, theological way, in a way that you can kind of express ideas and nuances in, in narrative more so than just making textual arguments. Um, and so because of that class, I start thinking along these lines, um, start inspecting kind of my faith a little bit differently in my experiences, uh, a lot differently. Um, <clears throat> and so then, uh, I, um, Dr. Baslin was offering a class in the fall called collaborative art and theology. And so I was like, okay. And, and at the same time, um, mustard seed is a comic that I'm working on. Um, that is, I, I didn't send it to you guys, but it used to be my pen tweet. I had to move it down for techno nights. It'll go back up. If anybody here wants to read it, issue one is done. We can talk about it. But mustard That's seed, nice. mustard seed is 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 kind of a it's a semi autobiographical story about my last two years in Shreveport and kind of navigating um, my life um, and the life of me and and some guys I lived with and 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 kind of theological learning in this like <laughs> real space and and kind of life together type thing. Um, <clears throat> so I thought, man, I think I've got some idea here of, of how that would be a comic book. Um, so I told my professor that, and um, and I told him I'm going to sign up for his class. And then I was like, but I don't know how to write a script. I don't know how to write a comic. I mean, I wrote film scripts in undergrad, but I sucked. Um, so whatever. So I signed up for one of those two-day film, I mean, comic script writing classes in New York. Okay. And, and me and my uh, now wife, back then girlfriend, uh, hopped on a plane over the summer for like a couple days in New York. Um, <laughs> and I was up there with, uh, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But he used to be the associate editor for Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. And so he's teaching this class on script writing. And it was fantastic. It was a crash course. It was all I needed to get going. <clears throat> right. So I came back ready to go, ready to write. Um, I took this one class. Um, but also my professor, Dr. Baslin, he said, "Hey, you need to reach out because I don't, I don't, can't draw for shit." Right? Um, uh, guilty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah all, Not a thing. And so, uh, my professor said, "You, we have a comic book artist here at school at DTS." I was like, "No fucking way!" And uh, and he was like, "Yeah," and he gave me his comic, and I was like, "Yo, I've seen this comic before. It's Rick Flash and the Adventure Knots." Um, and I remember being at like this my my work hosted this kind of like christian art gallery thing Mm -hmm. and and mark pate is the artist he was there like kind of showing off his comic and i thought it was so awesome but um so i was like oh i've seen this guy like that's so cool and so i hit him up and mark's like yeah let's meet up so we meet up in this coffee shop kind of by my apartment and we talk for a couple hours and he's like you know what most people at seminary bring me these like crap christian ideas (laughs) like i want to do this real christian comic or whatever Mm -hmm. And, uh, but this doesn't sound like that. So let's, let's keep talking.
2: Okay. Um,
0: so I was like, yeah, let's do that. And so we drive, I drive home and I pull up outside my apartment and, uh, and I look across the street at somebody pulling up outside their apartment Oh and like, shit! Mar-, and it's Mark, it's Mark. <laughs> he lives right across the street. I was like, no fucking way. And, uh, I said, do you live right there? And he's like, yeah, do you live right there? I was like, yes. Oh, So we decided to, um, to meet up on Mondays at my apartment. I was not married then. My wife was living in Shreveport at the time. So I had you know plenty of space or whatever um, that I should not, that hasn't been taken over <laughs> yet. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so we met up every Monday for like three hours just because he had a book he was working on himself that he was writing and drawing. Mm-hmm. And so we just worked, we just talked out ideas, scripts, you know, for his work and then mustard seed, which was my memoir thing. and, mm-hmm. And so as we were doing that, he said, hey, because he was like a couple years ahead of me in the program. Um, he said, if you will take, you need to take these two classes. He said, um, or he said, you need to take this one class. It's uh, plot and character development with this one professor on campus. I was like, sure. And so I took it like um, over the winter. So what I did was, this was a great thing collaborative art and theology i got to like get out all the themes so i was like mm-hmm. basically learning how to write a comic without knowing it right mm-hmm. so i i got out all the themes of what i wanted the book to be about and started mm-hmm. thinking about how to express these themes in a narrative and how to weave them into a story instead of trying to exposit them you right. know or whatever then i took uh, character development and plot development so now i'm actually like who are these people? Like, I know who they are, but like, who are they on the page and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And then what is the plot? And I, you know, learned the snowflake plotting method that I still use now. And, and then Mark was like, okay, get in this creative writing class with me, advanced creative writing. And I was like, all right, we get about halfway through that semester and I'm just getting script one down. And it's awesome. Cause you know, it's, it's, I've paid for the class and now I'm working on this script and they're all edit and it means the editing process was great in there so we get halfway through the semester, and Mark, uh, you know, in one of our weekly meetings, he says, man, I really believe in this thing now. I will draw 10 pages. You pick 10 pages, I'll draw them for free. Mm -hmm. I'll draw them. I said, I didn't know how difficult – I had no idea at this point about how difficult it is to get a comic made, by the way. Mm -hmm. No (laughs) idea. I'm just – over here in my little seminary world, like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm gonna throw this to an editor, and they're gonna go find an artist, and that gonna that thing's gonna get made. And in three um,
1: months, they're gonna call me and ask me where the check comes.
0: Yeah, right. Or what? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I don't exactly. We've all been there. Yeah. No idea.
2: Well, I, not- I just want to say one thing. Yeah, uh, this seems to kind of continue a theme that we had uh, over the last several weeks that only good things seem to come from meeting strangers on the internet. Yes. Yeah. No, that's yeah. it.
0: There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, but here's the thing. Uh, the comic community is fantastic, right? Like, I met yeah. you guys on Twitter, yeah. and yeah. here we are. Um, yeah. You know, and the assholes get weeded out pretty well. Um, unless they're undercover, and then, you know, well, then... People get exposed, and then hopefully we can... Oh, we're is, pointing out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, I'm not going to Mention any movements, but you know, <laughs> yeah. shut that shut that shit down. And that's what I like about comics. In a very, just the community is great. Mm-hmm. um But yeah, so we started working on that, and now we have a full uh, chapter of that done. I've written the whole. It's it's three hundred pages. I've written the whole wow. script. Yeah, um, but that was it. I, I was there. I got that done, and that was my intro into writing. And that's my whole process from second grade until
1: so. Yeah. So when you pull into your apartment and he pulls in a cross and you are at a Christian seminary school and you, yeah. uh, obviously ha- you would not go to a school without a strong faith like this. Sure. Um, do you look up at God and say, do you, are you telling me to do this? Is it, is it, does it feel that much or is it just like, holy shit, that's crazy? Yeah.
0: So I, the, I'm, I'm holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah. I okay. don't, I'm. It, I'll just cards on the table and this was kind of what my uh thesis was about um kind of a reinterpretation of of the the overarching narrative of the gospel of luke and there's no these there's not these big signs about what i should and shouldn't be doing the sign the big sign is you need to help people who are in tough situations and that's it jesus jesus was about that um that's the sign jesus said you don't need these signs of jonah right he said i'm the sign and i'm out here helping all these people who are in really shitty situations whether it's because of their own shit or the government shit or whatever and Mm -hmm. you need to and if you need to figure out how to help each other and that's all and that's a sign so everything else is just if you're doing that um then make some comics right or if you're doing that then you know be a garbage person or whatever it doesn't matter like everything is good and Mm -hmm. you know so that's my little (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll preach one time on Good Friday. <laughs>
1: hey, you know what? Like I, we want people to come on here and, yeah. and speak to their passion and stuff. Yep. So that's that's I'm just, exactly. I'm interested in, in what brought you to this point. And that's, that's, that's cool that you have that, that interpretation and not another, yeah. but, um, yeah. Yeah. so, so you've got mustard seed all written up and obviously yeah. something sparks your interest to do a book like techno nights.
0: Sure. What, um, how does
1: this
0: um, come? Gosh, man, let me tell you. Techno Nights was the last thing I thought. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. I thought Techno Nights was on the back burner, right? Because um, I have – I'm I'm always so impressed. Now I'm in it, right? I remember I tweeted this a while back, um, like a long time ago. But I was – I remember being like one, one thing that um, – Remember his name, but the Spider-Man editor that I took the class with. He said, You gotta read independent comics, you gotta learn what those are about. You gotta write an independent comic. No one's gonna let you write Batman. Yeah, you know, and I I didn't I did not see that was another thing I didn't know. I was like, I'm just gonna go talk to a DC guy and they're gonna let me write whatever I want because they think I'm cool or whatever. I don't have anyways, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so I um I remember being so impressed with Jeff Lemire once I learned who this guy was. He's pumping out nine different issues a month, like, you know, he had all these, there was at one point where um, Lemire had seven or eight issues, whether it was with image or DC or Marvel, whatever on the shelf in, in consecutively in a month or, or consecutive months. And I was like, how does anybody write more than one book? This is nuts. Um, so I started kind of like segmenting out, okay, I need to get mustard seed done. And then I can move on to like some other ideas that were brewing in my head and all the way down the road was techno nights mm-hmm. because, and not, not that this is any bad thing, but techno nights is, is, uh, my other comics deal with a lot of social justice type stuff that, that is on my brain that I think about, you know, um, ethically and theologically in, in, mm-hmm. in very serious ways. Um, but techno nights is more of kind of, uh, a love letter to my past and to, and to my brothers. Um, and so I was like, I'll get to that later. That's just not what is, is important to me right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, eh, who did I, I told this, oh yeah, we did an interview that'll come out later with comic book Yeti earlier this week. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, but I told this story in there. So whoever reads that and here we're it. first, we're live. Yeah, get, all right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> <you're right>. We're <laughs> scooping. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> you comic first, book, yeah. Yeti. Sorry, You've been uh, doing this for
1: years really well, a lot yeah. better, but we scooped you. Yeah, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy
0: over at comic <laughs> book. Yeah. I apologize that I'm giving this piece away. Um, <laughs> uh, but Marcus, um, again, I'm just kind of trying to cut my teeth. Um, and we can talk about how I kind of came to some of this point, uh, later but you know I've got a couple shorts out there in the Mm -hmm. world and and I just kind of met Marcus online um and he reached out to me which I was like blown away by um you know he's like hey I'm starting this publishing company and I think I want to kick it off with this magazine of like eight page short stories and I'm getting teams together would you want to team up with me for a story and I was like, yes, absolutely. Again, and you're going to learn this really quick. Any time, and I'm sure everybody, every artist is like, yeah, any time an, art, an artist comes to me, and was like, will you draw, will you write something for me and I'll draw it for free? I'm like, yes, hundred percent. Like anytime. <laughs> and it happens. And oddly enough, it happens a lot for me. So I'm just so, so fucking thankful because I'm so broke. Um, yeah. So... uh but yeah, so Marcus, I was like, Yes, I will write something. And so the way he pitched it, he was like, um, I want to do it focused on um, some sort of Batman esque villain. Like, so think of a villain and then write like a Batman esque villain from the villain's perspective or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And he gave me, he was like, Man Bat or whatever. And so I started thinking about it and I couldn't really get into the horror aspect he was probably trying to lean towards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote this terrible i mean it's not terrible it's fine um it's not terrible he he it, um the it was about this kid like some it was a rift on spider-man called dolphin lad right okay um, and that's it it was like a guy who creates some sort of like underwater suit basically like iron man and can like echo locate and whatever right and so it's this is little eight-page story So Marcus and I are talking about it, figuring out how to edit it, and we're talking about the script, and we're on the phone, right? And then we just start talking about stuff that we're working on. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I got Mustard Seed. I'm working on Thorn, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we're talking about all these ideas, and then he's like, you know what? I would really like to write someday. I'd like to write, like, something where, like, the Power Rangers, like, some, like, Power Ranger-esque story where they're older. And I said, Marcus, no fucking way. (laughs) <laughs> um, I said listen to this man I got this and he was like what and I was like I've got this story that's just sitting on the shelf like I've written you know like a one page just idea of it mm-hmm. um, in my little notebook uh, and it's called Techno Knights and I explain you know um, or the characters are called Techno Knights but the story itself is called Ancient Technology Okay. and he's like that's a terrible name um, <laughs> Which but is you got, the, but you got something? There. Yeah, yeah. Which is the subtitle of the book of this uh, first arc? Which I, you know, I'm glad he's, you know, was allowed to you see it, see it through. Yeah. Um, but
1: by the way, yeah. Blake, Blake uh, says Marcus knows talent. Dauntless is putting out yeah. great indie content, so yeah, obviously he's, he's been he's been looking scouring yeah. it for you guys.
0: Hey, Blake is the man, and yeah. and hey, also want to shout out to Blake. Hey man, I know you're having a rough week and and we are all behind you. Um I've told plenty of, like yeah. I couldn't imagine losing one of my dogs and and I know it's going to happen one day and when it does, I'm going to take my job will not see me for a week. And so the fact that your job asked you to come in like it's fucking ridiculous, man. So, um I feel I'm feeling for you, bro. Just want to let you know. Yeah, um absolutely, so absolutely, dude. That yeah, dog
1: was yeah. was a was a total sweetheart and you gave her a great life and you yeah. made her last couple weeks beautiful. She yeah, got to yeah. run again before she left. And that is something really yeah. special.
0: That's yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, but yeah, so we're so now we're just then I'm I'm breaking down the story outline, which is not a lot at the moment, but I'm like, mm-hmm. here is what it is, has three distinct turns. And all of a sudden, we're on the phone for three hours talking about this. <laughs> like, he – we're just – And you looked it. out
1: of your eye, and he was parking yeah, yeah, across <laughs> the street. He's like,
0: yeah, exactly. Like, he's, he's moving to Dallas from Boston. Um, but, yeah, so it's like three hours later, we've just had this whole conversation. Um, and he was like, we got to make this. I said, okay, when? He's like, now. And I was like, okay, what about this dolphin-led thing? He's like, no way. <laughs> I, get, I, get that. I was like, well – there's an eight page script down the drain, but that's okay. I don't no. care because I, I was like, I do not care. Like, so, so that, um, happened, that conversation, I guess, happened, uh, like December, 2020. Um, and, and I was like, okay, I got to wrap up some stuff. I really need to get these first couple of Thorn issues written. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've really detailed this outline for Thorn uh, for the first 12 issues. And I need to get this stuff on the road. Um, let me do that. And then spring break, I told him I'd start writing. And so spring break 2021, a little over a year ago, I started, um, uh, I started writing the whole thing, uh, which is th- t- Marcus and I have gone through formatting. Like, are we going to make this, you know, six short issues of 22 pages each? Or are they going to be, are we just going to digitally release it in eight page scenes Mm-hmm. Um, so y'all got the, y'all got the preview is the first eight pages. And so gotcha. are we just going to release it like that digitally as we go, like, what is this going to be? Cause you know, Marcus is also still trying to figure out what different types of Dauntless releases he wants. Right. So he's mm-hmm. trying to, you know, navigate all that right now. They've got, um, uncovered grave. I'm mm-hmm. that's, that's the title, right? I'm, I'm so sorry. Sean Dicker is awesome and I don't want to mess up. We can go on. The, we can actually go yeah. on the Dauntless page and yeah. and and pull I, it up. Do I need to pull that up real quick? I don't want to mess that up.
1: I can get the Dauntless page. I can get. Yeah,
0: I got. Okay, I got it. I got it. Here we okay. go.
1: Great.
2: There's uh, uncovered grave. Yeah. yeah so
0: uncovered, uncovered grave. Yeah. Let's let's click on that. So that is coming out um, in digital well, installments, uh, scenes at a time, and then once it's done, it'll be collected for print sale and all that kind of stuff. And you can buy like I think the chapters for like a dollar at a time. I can't really remember the exact price, but yeah, and then it's like a scrolling read, right? Mm-hmm. So that is the format. We were talking about techno nights at first, like, do we want to kick it off like that. So we just gone through so many iterations, um, but we ended up with the Greenlight project. Yeah, y'all can see. I mean, Sean's stuff is great. I mean, just great, right? Yeah. That's definitely worth the read. So. Yeah. If you aren't, you know anybody watching? Um, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, promote that. Uh, <laughs> get on there, see what Sean's doing. Um, got a good yeah, little murder serious. mystery growing. Horror murder mystery going, not growing. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. we don't know. We don't know where it's going. Go, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, so, anyways, the uh, but yeah. So we ended up narrowing it, like, hammering it down to, um, and then it's like, how many pages can we do? You know, I can drag out a story and and really give it some melodrama if I need to. Um, And he was like, no, let's not. Because I was like, oh, can we do, like, 380 page? Whatever. And he was like, let's not do that. And I said, okay. but that, that was where, that was
1: both artist and publisher talking. That was that
0: one <laughs> was. But we and so at first he was like, "Yeah, let's look at it like that," and then he was like, "No, let's not." And so I originally started outlining, thinking I was getting two hundred and forty pages to tell the mm. story. I ended up getting cut down to the um, hundred and forty-four, I guess, or something. Whatever, whatever. Forty-eight times six is. I should know that. Is that 144? It is. This, is, this it is,
1: we I was led to believe no. there would be no math. It's three, yeah,
0: 48 <laughs> times three. It's 144. So I had to take 240 yeah. pages outlined and then re outline it into 144. But it got done. Um, right. and so that's where we ended up with. And so the way I've been talking about it is it's like a DC black label book, right? Right, three double sized issues that kind of have like their distinct narrative turns, like a three act. Thing. Um yeah
1: that's interesting we just had yeah. uh shock at peter they're putting their book very similarly it's going to yeah. be three volumes of about 48 pages each um but it's a great because the the person gets a very solid meal yeah. for each of the segments uh, ignacio says he uh bets it was mostly the artist talking <laughs> it, it
0: probably was and, and here's the thing about marcus though he's He's talented and he's fat. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, oh, I'm blown cool. away. He thinks he's slow, but I'm like, you're pretty, he's, he's, he's good. And, and and it's like not, you don't lose it. He doesn't lose anything. Like, he's, every time a new page comes out, he, like, levels up. And what I hate for him is, like, you know, he's he's probably, uh, you know, 24, 25 pages into Techno Night Pencils. And he's like, man, I wish I could go back and redo the first, you know. Eight ten pages. I'm like, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Just <laughs> don't don't start Just thinking on, like that. Just go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I wrote. I still have the last fourteen to go back and rework and, and mm-hmm. finalize. Um, my writing process is I write it all out by hand in a notebook first, the entire script, mm-hmm. and then I go back and I um, as I type it up into into a document, I'm editing from there. I'm like, oh, I hate this. Mm-hmm. dialogue let's get rid of it. you know so that's my editing process of self-editing of you know as i'm transferring it over and it whatever needs to be yeah. cut gets cut um but yeah so i, I do i i'm sorry
2: no go ahead. Uh, that, that's, that's really interesting because writing is is really a tactile thing right so for you it's got to be the handwriting on the note but for me it's absolutely hands on keyboard that's that's the way i write it's just, i gotta have my hands on the keyboard. i can't do the longhand stuff at all
1: I couldn't do that, Will, because I'm too lazy. The the <laughs> only way to get a true second draft for me is to do it on the notebook, like Travis. Uh-huh.
0: That's and it. And then
1: mm-hmm. and then you're actually writing a second draft when you get to it. Whereas if I wrote for type the first draft, I would just polish. I wouldn't get a true oh. second draft that way because I'm just not. I'm too lazy.
0: I. I Yes, that's it for me. I am lazy. And I know that that forces me to edit. But also, Mm -hmm. I love because because but and with the typing thing, I don't like stalling in my typing that much. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I if I, I like free, like flowing. And Mm -hmm. so in the notebook, I can scratch, I can stop. If I just get to the end of a scene, and I hate it, I just put a huge X on it. It's very visual for me. Mm -hmm. Of like, because I write in pen, I don't write in pencil. So I'm like, all right, forget this. I don't have to do any erasing. I can see right there where I've made my changes. <laughs> um, so then when I get to the typing process, it's very much free-flowing. And as I'm going, it's like transferring. And I'm playing out the scene in my head and the dialogue in very like real time.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: then I can say, okay, this doesn't feel natural anymore. Let's change it up as I go. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But but yeah, so um, you know, 130 pages of Techno Nights has been written uh and and so i like to get as much done so then when the art process comes i don't have to think about it much anymore Mm um you know and i i tweeted this out today and i do it every once in a while just to rib it whoever's saying whatever in terms of give me some advice or i don't know i said if you uh if you write uh your if your first draft is good enough um you don't have to do a second <laughs> you know, so it's almost like you know, so that that like it's always it's always the question of like how do you go how what's your editing process with comics? And we just talked about ours or whatever, but mine's like editing, like if you write it good enough the first time, you don't have to do it no And then See, everybody I,
1: my process is I can just I don't know what it is, I can just feel it's not working mm-hmm. for yeah. me, and yeah. I start over and then I feel yeah. like it okay, that worked enough to go to the typing with the I have the trust of Ludo, especially, but I, you know, with the editors, I know with Ludo, because he's done this, if I send him something that doesn't work, he is a strong enough collaborator that he will tell me this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I can, I know that if I feel like it's close enough that I can let go and send it to him because he will tell me it's not close enough. Um, I Mm -hmm. think if I didn't trust him, I wouldn't have, I would, it wouldn't be as easy to kind of, send something so early.
0: Right. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that, who, and that's, that's your editor over at scout. It's
1: my, uh, the artist on Tart, the co-creator of the book, oh. Ludo, you know, I've, I have two, I have two that's editors right. That's right. Yeah, that Cassie and Andrea edit. And I really appreciate their, um, you know, everything that they do, yeah. but you know, the marriage is Ludo and I, and the baby is Tart. So I, I, yeah. I trust my co-parent to tell me if I'm keeping the baby safe, whereas <laughs> my nannies, you know, get to tell me, no, you really should put a jacket on her. It's cold. And I'm like, oh, I'll put a jacket on her, but you're not going to tell me what color jacket.
0: <laughs> whereas <laughs> oh, Ludo like can it. tell me, this, I don't like that jacket. <laughs> this, this analogy is fantastic, but it, yeah. that's true though. That's, that's yeah. how I work with Mark and Marcus um, and, and Richard who are the artists of the series, the more long form series that I'm I'm working on and got coming out um next, you know, in the next year or two. Um but yeah. Andre is great. Yeah. Yeah. So I, was, I got to soft. meet I met him in Dallas and uh just really uh I don't know, just good dude. We talked for a couple of hours. Because he's, he's got
1: ki- he's kind, he's passionate and yeah. he's he he knows your uh your realm of education. Yeah. So you guys good yeah, seriously have yeah. talks that Will and I just sit back and be like oh I,
3: yeah
0: I, he's got to- I know how
1: to spell Jesus <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah that was that was fun like he has that theological background yeah. um and and so uh, after our conversation I picked up shepherd yeah. um and reading that was great you could see yeah. it and it just was awesome so but yeah so I don't know Marcus and I uh yes yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah Blake's buzz he says it sounds like most comic writers use a physical notebook chris Christopher Sabala buys a new one for every project. That's yeah. That would be fun. And if I was organized, I would do that. Instead, I'd buy 12 notebooks and have to find the book that I've actually.
0: <laughs> so like up there <laughs> at the top of the shelf, those uh, at the very top, one of those is like a tray table or something, but... <laughs> Over here on the whatever side of the screen. That's three notebooks stacked up. Like Thorn is in one, mustard seeds uh-huh. in the other, and black guns in the other. So that's nice. And then when I'm ready to write one, I just pull it off the shelf. Techno Knights is in my backpack. <laughs> it stays in my back. This this is the Techno Knights notebook right here. I got mad because I'm gonna grab one. Can I grab one? Okay, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I don't know.
1: One. Yeah. So so <laughs> Will, you you just type it, type it all out. Um, <laughs> do you have an outline
2: ready? Yeah. Typically, I yeah, typically I'll outline and... Uh,
0: so, hold on, let me put these back in. Yes. Yeah, so uh, half-price books, they're going to have to pay me for all the advertisement <laughs> for them. But uh, so they have these notebooks to say, right, and they're very large, as you can see. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, they stopped... Making these or selling these or whatever, and these were the ones I was buying for everything, and and you can see this is the whole there's the snowflake <laughs> plot thing, and then it's just three hundred pages of script. um <laughs> But yeah, so then I went to Half Price Books to get my Techno Nights notebook like this, and I was asking them like where are those at, and they're like, oh, we don't carry those anymore, and I was like, what the Right. <laughs> and, and so they're like, well, we have these other big ones, and it's like this spiral thing, okay. and it's and it's half as many pages, so not whatever. Not, <laughs> you gotta do it right. Not terrible, but it threw off the vibe a little bit. I had to I had to figure it out, but yeah. it worked out. Anyways, um, so yeah, so that's kind of the writing process. That's how Techno Nights got started, um, with Marcus and I just rifting and then me writing and him, you know, drawing up some. I mean that. I'm telling you, we were like, yeah, let's do it. And then he yeah. had a mock-up drawing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just hard, yeah. Um, he had mock-up drawings of the Techno nights mm-hmm. in, like, a week. Ah, that's beautiful. And I was like, oh, gosh. And so that – and here's my thing. If an artist draws something after we've talked about it, ju- that's it. Juices are flowing. Like, Feedback, <laughs> Yeah. It's like now I know now these characters are real to me when he mm-hmm. drew those I was like okay because again I told you it was still on the back burner of my mind mm-hmm. um, but the moment he drew the characters I was like oh these guys need a life they need right. something get a life you know yeah
1: <laughs> so what I felt like when I was reading the eight pages that you shared it was just like a throwback to fun in comics and I and I mean definitely you know I'll have some melodrama in my stories so I don't think that my books are actually the the best example of this, but it's what I gravitate to sometimes when it's just like, I need it. Just like, it feels like it's going to be that fun. Now you've used Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, in, in the way you've shared it, but that, you know, like the fun comic, like that looks in eight pages, like that's what you guys are going for.
0: Yeah. So, um, like I said, I have three brothers. Uh, one is, um estranged uh he's a half brother that i haven't talked to in like 33 years or 23 Mm -hmm. years or whatever um and then i have two my other two brothers are younger and they're my best friends right um
1: we have a special guest for you a surprise yeah we found your
0: brother wow (laughs) um Last time, I will say this on air, uh, last time I ever reached out to him, my dad had passed away. This was uh, 10 years ago now, in February, Mm -hmm. last February. It was past February. And um, my dad had tried to reach out to him. Uh, My dad felt guilty about kind of how he wasn't, you know, as present in his life as much. And and so uh, my dad got in really bad health and then was in pretty bad health for about three years before he passed away. But for those three years he like reached out and reached out and wrote letters and got zero reply right and so then uh, my dad passed away and he didn't my mom invited him to the funeral and I was kind of upset about that like you know this guy doesn't want anything don't do that and I was in a real emotional time obviously yeah, and, yeah but he didn't show up to the funeral, which is fine um but I called like I got his number from my mom called and he didn't answer and I left and I just cussed him out in his voicemail. Um, of course, he didn't call me back. <laughs> um, and then a couple years later, I felt really bad and I got his number from somehow I don't remember. I he didn't answer again, so I left him voicemail and apologize, but that was it. So, um, but the book, uh, Techno Knights, what it does is the opening scene, what everybody's getting in the previews is, um, is, is when they're younger, right? Uh, it's it's like their first fight against this bad guy that they've been preparing for, Anaximander. Um, and they have all the youthful banter of, you know, teenagers, right? That's teenagers are. with superpowers, yeah, teenagers. and there you yeah. go. That's it. Um, and then you fast forward twenty years, Okay. and you see that they are not together at all. Um, and and one of them is very estranged. Like, and he's the oldest. It's a lot like my half brother. And so I kind of write mm-hmm. all this, you know, into the uh, into the story. And so a lot of it is me thinking about these relationships that I have, like my two younger brothers, I think I just said this, but they are my, they're my best friends. Um, and so we, you know, we have like a, a brother's group text and we text every day. Um, and so I am just kind of playing out, you know, just some of this life that I've in processing now um, mm-hmm. in those relationships as I get older. And there's that theme present um, because we all live far away from each other now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you you know keep these connections going or don't or whatever? Um and then uh I always I've been thinking about this more recently because I loved like I love Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers. They were not comics that I read until I got older. I have now I have all the Eastman Laird uh hardcovers mm-hmm. for Ninja Turtles. You know, that stuff is real, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all have read Eastman Laird.
1: Not uh, since I was a kid, but it was well, definitely a different style.
0: No, I mean, but I'm talking about mid to late 80s. Yeah. And Raphael and Donatello are calling out this police officer for using his gun when he shouldn't. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> people call you woke <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> in 2000. Some term where it's just like, this is what comics was doing, you know, from then till now. And the Ninja Turtles yeah. were in on it like, hey, we're kind of critiquing, you know, the power structure a little mm-hmm. bit. And and to see the Ninja Turtles doing that, I was like, "Yo, I missed out on this because I grew up on the the the, the TV show and um, yeah, like the, the first cartoon, which was yeah, awesome. That's and I had those action figures, <laughs> um, and then Power Rangers. Right? I every Saturday morning since the very i I was there day one.
1: See, I have to admit, my age is yeah. I'm totally with you on the turtles cartoon.
0: Right? Yeah
1: the power rangers were this thing that we brought my, my Oh no. A very good friend, Liz, and we brought Matt to a place to get autographs and see these power rangers. And cool. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> okay. And like, we go to this indoor bazaar down here. It's it's an indoor flea market. And, uh, they're like a hundred feet away and the actors didn't come in their outfits because they oh, weren't, they were, they were no. actors. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I got this six year old kid on my shoulder, and I'm going, Okay, that's her, and that's him. And he's like, They're not Power Rangers. I'm like, I oh, swear no, to god, those no. I, I, you know, as a I'm sure it was he's six years old, so I didn't call them assholes, but I was certainly <laughs> like, Wear the goddamn uniform, <laughs> like these kids don't need to meet the actors. Pay some high school kid to put something pink on and something green on, right? And, and these kids are going to be happy, but right. uh, so I've I've had a small like grudge against the Power Rangers because one Saturday 6-year-old's kids <laughs> life was ruined because there was
2: That's fair. That's you fair. Know.
1: But <laughs> yeah. but I, I know that that had I been 8 years younger, yeah, then they would be my Transformers and G.I. Joe. Yeah.
0: That's it. And I was first or second grade when it came out, and, you know, when that theme song hit you know, GoGo go Power Rangers. When that hit on Saturday morning, I was running around the living room, fighting imaginary putties, right. you know, doing horrible fake karate. Um, but yeah, so but now as I'm older, I'm like, yo, these are kids, these are teenagers being like kind of forced into this eternal war by these father figures, and what? Like, yeah. maybe that's not great. Maybe it's not. What we should be doing with our adopted children, um, or whatever, right? So, so, Bruce Wayne disagrees.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And now,
0: you know, I think about Batman like that, or whatever. And so, um, so yeah. So it, it kind of thinks about what if every, what if they aren't all. How does that affect you as you go as you go older, right? Mm-hmm not in this post-traumatic stress way because then it would just be a book about therapy. And, um, if anybody has seen my, you know, Batman takes, nobody likes that. Nobody <laughs> wants a book about therapy. That's what I've been told. Um, <laughs> I disagree, but, um, Blake, Blake
1: says he's still salty. He never found a green Ranger figure <laughs> and Dragonzard.
0: So we are all right, I'm
1: with you. I, I, I don't know what you just said, yeah. but I'm with you.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just like, what if not everybody was, looks back and was all in about that? And, and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, or they're um, getting older and realizing this is not what we should be doing. I want to have a different life. Mm-hmm. Um, or what if they were super enamored by it? Or what if they hunted down the mysteries of, of this battle that's been going on so long? Um, so they all go their separate ways and it affects them in different ways. And then um, as you'll see, as you find out, if you read the book, they're all brought back together. Um, just kind of, or, you know, the, the enemy is, is, is at the doorstep again. And okay. what are you, what are you going to do? What are you
2: going to do? Well, well, speaking awesome. about well the let's look, um, yeah, what uh, you, you know, you're the writer. Hmm? Um, Marcus is the artist. I mean, who, who's, Who's the rest of the team, you know, putting all this together?
0: You know, Marcus decided to color it because he made the mistake of, of coloring this awesome, I don't know, you, page one of the, of the uh, intro. It has that top panel of the thing. Well, he sent me the, the whole page without the top panel in. And he said, "Yo, check this out. And I said, whoa. And he colored it. I said, bro, that is how the book needs to look. Yeah, Um, no, it's
1: very vibrant. I noticed that the first time I saw it.
0: And that's the opening page of the whole thing. And I was like, this needs to be the book, right? Like, this needs to be the color of the book. I said, who colored that? And he said, I did. And I was like, well, you just signed (laughs) yourself up to be the colorist. That
3: was your first mistake. That was, yeah, you made that (laughs)
0: mistake. Um, But he loved it. And and he was like, I do like this color. And so... um, and so he, he went ahead and, and decided to commit to, to, to coloring the book. Um, <clears throat> Tobin, um, I will not be able to pronounce his last name correctly. So uh, if anybody here has worked with Tobin at all. Um, it's Ratchikov. Rochka. Okay, there you go. Look, now, I've never said it out loud. so It's Rochka. Uh, I have no okay. idea.
1: I made that up. Okay. But um,
0: <laughs> I, I just that said it right. with
1: so much confidence that it...
0: it... That sounds that's got to right. be it now, right? It's, I mean, it's Canadian. It's French-Canadian, so there's probably no T at the end. That's, yeah. I mean, oh, pronounced. yeah. Rochka. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Tobin, who's fantastic. I mean, just awesome. I mean, his the way he lettered... Um, you know, Anaximander. I thought that was great. Oh um, yeah. The
1: almost robotic. Yeah. That's uh,
0: it. Like real digital type uh, mm-hmm. uh, thought process. I mean, just a uh, speech pattern or the way it looks. Um, but I mean, he's just fantastic I and mean, he's on everything. Um, true professional, like just boom, like give me the script. I'm going to get it done. And I mean, he's fantastic. And, and so uh, him and his wife, Valera, they're just, they're great. A great team um so that's the team though it's me and yeah. marcus and and tobin um and so yeah oh cool you've got a you've got a soft cover i mm-hmm. i
1: noticed you could get a, a soft cover of it for 12 yep. and then there's kind of like how frankie white did uh yeah um it's eat my eat, eat my flesh drink my blood my or, or maybe not in that order i'm not sure um yeah. So you've got a hardcover as well. That's nice. Um, That's
0: it. And th- so that is kind of the, the modus operandi of the, of the green light is to do digital soft cover, hard cover, and offer a, um, and then, and then we have some like a retailer pack right. and then some, uh, additional, if you really, you know, if you want a, a good, like kind of bonus package, up uh, as you get higher up, but, um, yeah, so you have like a a cover A that is the soft cover, and then uh, the hard cover is a, a, a variant. Like right there by um, Simone Razzignani Razzigoni. I'm, I'm not helping it. you with that one. I don't. I, you get bad. one. You get one free oh. pronunciation guide. <laughs> yeah, I can read ancient Greek and Hebrew, but I cannot pronounce an Italian name. It Save my life, and I apologize for that. Like that's. But again these are these are names that now you get on these you know I'm on this show with you and I realize I've never said it out loud yeah. in my life.
1: Um so the left is am I right the left image is the soft cover and the right is the hard cover?
0: Put your mouse over which one we're talking about but I think the left side of the screen um, Left That's that, the right. Okay, the left over right, there yes. Left. Okay. Yeah, where they're all four just standing, the, uh-huh. the technicians are standing. That is Marcus's soft cover. That's the okay. cover. That's Marcus did that, and that's our soft cover. And then um, on the right, uh, Simone um, did that cover for us. Awesome, it's just fantastic. And you know he's on Power Rangers now, and so have the Power Rangers artist um, do a cover for us and have the time and lend his talents. Just right. That that was just awesome in and of itself um but yeah so so that's kind of the campaign that we're looking at and i don't know if we if we have questions about the campaign and the process and the setup because i know it's a little different
1: well i know that because you were working with dauntless then that this is kind of you knew it was going to happen so you didn't have to have that uh, debate within yourself. Do I, do I try? You know, Kickstarter, which is most of our okay. campaigns. We talk for Kickstarter, but okay. uh, we've had some Zoop campaigns. We've. You're the second. Uh, it's is it Greenlight? Is that what it is? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. So the the um, Dauntless their crowdfunding uh, platform is called Greenlight. Yeah. So yeah. It's like you are helping Greenlight the book. Right. That's the idea. Um, and what and is that-
1: what is the um, the schedule like? How long do you have to raise the money on a green light? Is it a, so, a month, two months?
0: So we do a three week pre order system mm-hmm. um, for the book, and the thing is, here's here's the deal: um, the book gets made no matter what. Mm-hmm. It does not have to fill that bar. the 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 thing about the bar is that's what we have calculated that's what dauntless calculates to print 200 soft covers mm-hmm. 50 hard covers shipping um, and then shipping materials um, uh, you know so and then cover uh some of our overhead fees of you know paying tobin Mm -hmm. uh paying for the paying for the uh variant cover and then what marcus and i have decided kind of what we would like to be paid for the work so Mm -hmm. that's all bundled into one thing saying like this would be the total cost right and so um what we've talked about is uh it needs to hit a certain production number before we start getting paid and so we kind of know what that number is and so that's the idea. All that's kind of baked in. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of see the progression as it goes. Now, obviously, um, we want it to hit all those numbers so mm-hmm. that we can, um, if it hits the right production number, then uh, we'll print all those. Uh, we're going to print 50 hardcovers no matter what, because it's limited edition, one of 50. Mm-hmm. That's what you get. So then the question is, how many um, soft covers are we going to print? And that's going to be based on orders. Right. So if we meet all of our, we have that production number. If we meet that, that, printing production number, then we'll get all 200 and stock the store. Um, mm-hmm. If not, we might have to pull down a little less uh, right. just depending. So that's it. Um, Cause so it, you know, it, yeah. it
1: reminds me more of uh, Indiegogo's like flex of funding type it's, of a thing.
0: It is that idea. Yeah. There's okay. no make it or break it. Um, so yeah, I didn't have to, um,
1: but but you guys didn't hear that. It's make or break. They've got to get the seven well, thousand dollars. Help the, them get there.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like you know, um, we we were talking about today. Like the the best thing is for for Marcus and I in our career is for the book to be out mm-hmm. in the world and how and you know to do that. But the I, the thing is, getting that make or break, getting to that seven thousand, is going to allow Marcus to have the freedom to do all the art. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing. So we all believe that artists should get uh Blake you the man. Like you got <laughs> Blake modern. is the man. Blake is yeah. the man. Um, but yeah, uh so the um but we want artists, I mean we all want artists to be paid mm-hmm. what they're what they're worth. And 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 I'm not gonna get on a soapbox. Uh I can't pay artists what they're worth. I can't. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the, you know, mortgages too much. Right. Uh, I, I just had to buy a new HVAC system so that we don't melt in Texas. Yeah. Um, so, so I just, I can't. Um, I don't know.
1: You guys, you guys' energy, you're fine. If it gets too hot, <laughs> nothing will happen. If it gets too cold, nothing no, will happen. Nothing. Yeah.
0: yeah, gosh. The grid is fine. It's fine. <laughs> we, we don't need anybody else. This no. is tech. Texas lawmakers are always like this right? <laughs> everyone but themselves. Yeah. As long as they can get on a plane to Mexico, they're fine. That's right? it. Assholes. Um, so,
1: yeah. Hey, man, I'm, I'm in Florida. I can only joke about oh, you. Gosh in order yeah, to try to deflect from me. That's uh, it. That's right. I, at one point I was like, man, I don't know if I should do shows in Texas. And I'm like, I'm from Florida. Like if I do anything <laughs> economically, I'm helping monsters. So, I mean, <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, pretty hypocritical for me to say I wouldn't go to another state. Yeah. Sure.
0: Um, now I will say this. If you're a, Repu- if you're a Texas Republican lawmaker who is listening in right now and really wants to buy techno nights, <laughs> I'm still not changing my stance. I don't give a, <laughs> <that>. yeah. Um, <laughs> But by the book, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so so because of that, like my thing is, it's not make it or break it, but to to make sure that Marcus has what he needs in mm-hmm. the bank to to as a publisher and an artist mm-hmm. um, to get the job done, it, it, it should be it should be make <laughs> it or break it in, in our minds, and that's what we're yeah. doing, you know. Um, and we're gonna
1: we're gonna talk pretty soon about some of the campaigns that have been going on and and some of our. Uh, people have been on are just absolutely killing it. You know, I'm thinking yes. specifically Charlie Stickney's White Ash. Oh, and, yeah. and we still think you should back this book, first of all, because it's a great book. It's, yeah, a, great it's a great book. Great. I, but also, it, just because they've made a ton of money doesn't mean they shouldn't continue finding readers and yeah. being able to pay yeah. Connor better so that so he doesn't it. have to take on covers, you know?
0: Right. Hey, look that's absolutely right and um and the thing is look Charlie has done it his has he's built his audience and 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 you guys have built your audience I mean Kevin you know tart kills it every time yeah, yeah. like every time and you and you've worked hard for that and and to get more readers I see people who have done longevity um series on Kickstarters and it's just yeah, this is this is great, and that and and if I did a Kickstarter for Techno Nights, I would not put seven thousand dollars on that thing because it would not not with my look. I I want nothing more than to make seven thousand on this on this thing. I, you know, I'm not going to stop believing um, until the clock runs out. Uh, but <laughs> but I also know that um, Kickstarter is about find that audience and letting it grow and so mm-hmm. you gotta start small and work up yeah. um i've seen that and and same with you will with crossover yeah. division like that's mm-hmm. that's how it goes and yeah and you've worked hard for that and and built your audience trust and that's fantastic um so charlie he he's done the same thing with white ash fantastic <laughs> book first off first off the books are fantastic tart mm-hmm. crossover division love them <laughs> um, yeah so so it's not like you've you've built your audience because you've created a great product and you have longevity and so mm-hmm. you're still there and that's good. Um, and so, yeah, so Charlie deserves not like, Oh, he made, you know, he made his goal. Like, yeah, well, if you want to read a good book, you yeah. want to help, you're going to go, right. oh, you're going to keep, <laughs> you're going to keep pushing over that goal. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's awesome. And, uh, my thing is I have just, I don't have the bandwidth to do, um, To do any crowdfunding on my own as a writer Mm -hmm. i just can't do it like i have so much respect for you guys but you're aren't you're um
1: defending a phd soon aren't you
0: so i am finishing my uh phd coursework this may then i'll start prepping for exams and then i will um that'll that'll happen next april i'll take my exams and then i will start my dissertation maybe a year or two on it. And then I'll defend. So I have a process. I'm in, a, I'm in a let's, long. Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's call preparing for a PhD and creating a Kickstarter and kind of on your own. Even. Yeah. Let's call yeah, it. yeah okay.
0: Yeah. I'm fair, that's it's very, very similar, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like I have, I am, am doing my, um, I'm doing my PhD work. I have um, four series in production and then I have a 40 hour a week job. So I, I know I will never be able to do a Kickstarter um, on my, I just can't. Like, I just know where my limits are, uh, you know. My wife would be very upset uh, <laughs> if I tried to do anything like that. Um, and so there, so I have been fortunate. I, I know I have said that artists need to be paid whatever they, they, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I can't, um, I can't provide it right um, and so my thing is I'm gonna work my ass off to get it guaranteed with a publisher, but even that doesn't provide money all the time um, mm-hmm. as as we all know um, but Marcus he he wanted techno knights he wanted to draw it and and so and and him running his own company is super helpful. Yep. Um, so that is a way that. So, you know, that he doesn't have to go and find an artist out of pocket or whatever, right? So we Mm -hmm. have that ability and and he wanted it. And so I was just um, really blessed that way. Um, And I've been blessed to work with artists who have the uh, financial flexibility or we've kind of worked out whatever to where, hey, if you go get a publisher, um, we'll figure out how to draw this thing. that's just kind of the reality of it.
2: I think Kevin's working on some technical issues at the moment. I saw
0: him duck out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's uh he
2: was he was sounding a little echoey to me. So um then he's back. Let's see. Now we just can't hear him yeah, at all. <laughs> That's nice. So your PhD, um how uh how big will your dissertation be? I mean, page count wise.
0: I have no idea yet. Um, I'm, I know that they usually range somewhere 200. Listen, no, no, no. Listen, go. I there.
1: might echo, but we're not <laughs> having how big is our d- dissertation talk?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <okay. laughs> This I'll is after is. midnight.
0: That's still a little risky. I don't want to put anybody to sleep. Um, it'll probably be somewhere between 250 and 300 pages, but maybe um, because I have gotten it approved that I can do it in a graphic novel format. That's so all. Awesome. i was writing a okay. script. And then let me say this, academic money is good fucking money. <laughs> um, and so there's my, my goal would be then to, there's a lot of, I'm doing a history PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of grants out there for dissertations where, you know, they'll give you 24, 25, $30,000 to go and do your research. Like, you know, they'll pay, and then you use that money to go do research. or to create your dissertation however you want and and you can use that to pay an artist Mm -hmm. so if i can get the you know i I will give those funds away for somebody to (laughs) draw my dissertation um and that's another thing i don't uh you guys might know this or have seen it uh when i promote about it but i am a work for hire writer uh with sequential potential comics and um and they're doing it right when So we do academic comics, researchers, professors, um, research institutions, uh, they contact us when they would like a comic about their research. Um, Very cool. And so usually it's used as abstracts or introductions to books um to kind of get you know other academics and readers kind of into the the material with um with a narrative. And and it's mostly right now working with uh, social scientists, Um, but I did do an abstract for a neurobiologist, like one of the leading neurobiologists in the country, over at UCLA. Um, But yeah, so that's been a a process. But here's the thing: the company, they, this is I'm telling you, academic money is crazy. They (laughs) they charge um, these researchers two thousand dollars a page. Wow, <laughs> and these and these researchers are like, yeah, no big deal. I'll just write it into my grant yeah. because because these researchers have to use all their grant money. Right. Otherwise, it looks bad for them, and uh, and in the future, like if it goes down and somebody gave them a thirty thousand dollar grant and they only use twenty of it, then in the future when they're applying for grants, people are going to say, well, you're bad with grant money because you didn't use all of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> you wasted it, and so these researchers will be like, yo, we got to get rid of this money and having a comic for our stuff sounds great. And they just, mm-hmm. no questions <laughs> asked, throw it over. And
1: <laughs> But I, I mean, I've heard that there's research that sequential art is one of the most um, m- remembered way to get facts. When you get words and pictures working together, mm-hmm. people absorb and remember facts longer. And it's sort of, it sort of bears out because how many Fights between novel readers, have you seen where someone says the Three Musketeers would outfight, uh, you know, the Count of Monte Cristo, and because this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, whereas a comic reader can always do a thing versus whole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> like it it bears out, you know, anecdotally. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to do research, but I think yeah, it's no. right.
2: Well, look Kevin. at uh, Eisner. I mean, he did, uh, what was it, PS Magazine for the U.S. Army.
1: Oh, really?
3: You know, literally
2: for 20 or 30 years because the combination of words and pictures, it was the best way to show people how not to do things or how to do things. You yeah. Know, because it's, uh, yeah, it's,
0: it's good. And Kevin, if you can find that um, research. Um, yeah. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. Shawnee <laughs> knows. He knows uh so um
1: I'll, I'll see if i can google it and no, find it what i'm you saying know. is if
0: you can google it and find it we might have to hire you in the uh in the um, <laughs> in-house adver- advertising department the pr <laughs> department because i'll be there i didn't know that and that's you can sell that researchers they would probably love hearing that yeah <laughs>
2: <All right. laughs> or they might hey make a project that they can make a comic of that <laughs> there, <Boom>. you <laughs> there you go
0: that's it um so, yeah, so I uh, don't know where that conversation started, but, oh, no, with academics. So, yeah, so if yeah. I can, um, I'm hoping to turn my dissertation into, write it in comic book script. No, that would be
2: great. You think you'll teach it all?
0: That's my goal, yeah, to, to teach at a university mm-hmm. to do, yeah, that would be great. That's, I would love to be teaching um, history uh, somewhere, some university, and then writing comics as a, on the side like I do now. So just kind of remove my full time job now, replace it with academics that I'm kind of doing full time now as well. And keep up the comics, and then you know, yeah. just got to cut cool. one of these things out, yeah. and then maybe I can run a Kickstarter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're not going to have to. Maybe yeah. this Dauntless thing will hey, grow
2: and. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's the idea, right? I'm. What I love about one Marcus is a go getter. Like the dude is just grinding away and and really trying to make it work i mean he's 24 just turned 25 like he's trying to carve out a space i mean website's beautiful logo Mm -hmm. fantastic i mean the guy gets it right Mm -hmm. and and um he's really good to all the creators he works with you know he does his best to meet um page rates which is not something a lot of publishers can say or do starting Mm -hmm. out um you know, and, and now he might at some point have to go more like IP focused, which is whatever. Um, mm-hmm. There's a reason the game is played the way it is. Um, but it, you stay away from that long enough, and and grow and grow, and then keep meeting page rates. You're going to get mm-hmm. the best people working for you. Absolutely, you know, that's that's the reality. Anybody who can pay a page rate um, is going to get better people than people that aren't paying a page rate. Yeah, that's yeah, just that are saying zero dollars. Because
1: um, because most creative creators in our space use Kickstarter, most of our projects we talk about our Kickstarter. Yeah. But I, I think Will and I have talked about it. Like we want a really strong Kickstarter and a really strong Zoop and a really strong Dauntless green light. And yeah. three that we've never even heard of. Exactly. And you know <laughs> what? There, there is a place for Indiegogo. Um that some people use extraordinarily the right way. And if those creators want to come on, we can talk Indiegogo Uh, Mm -hmm. that you kind of referenced a group that might be there more often. Uh, We don't really, we we don't give oxygen to those creators because those creators have oxygen where they they live.
0: But but to my knowledge, and this could be wrong, but to my knowledge, Indiegogo is very popular among like international uh, markets. Mm So, you know, you have this. You have that one group that is fucking it up for the U.S., but you go outside the U.S. and people got yeah. awesome Go's. I do know uh, that
1: when it started, Kickstarter wasn't in many foreign countries, so a lot of creators were forced to start there. And once you start somewhere and have an audience, it is moving is a danger if it's – yeah, it's a gamble. I'd say it's it, a
0: gamble. It is. It is. And that's why I think – I mean, I'm just going to say – because I, I want – I think if we would have rolled out Techno Knights on Kickstarter versus Dauntless, it probably would be doing better numbers right now. I just think that because there's name brand recognition Mm -hmm. with Kickstarter Mm -hmm. as like a platform to sell comics versus Mm -hmm. Dauntless Greenlight. That's just the reality. And Marcus has had like at least two, I don't know, maybe three successful Kickstarter campaigns.
1: Starless Dreamer was definitely a Kickstarter, right?
0: Yeah, that was Frankie though. I know he you did know. Deadly Living. Marcus did Deadly Living, and he just okay. did Whole World Blind. Okay. So
1: Frankie the... did Starless Dreamer himself, but Starless it was Dauntless Dream. title. Sorry, Star... sorry. Star... Yeah, yeah. He did it okay. himself,
0: and then it got picked up by Dauntless. Oh, okay. That gotcha. was, that was the, the, the one of the first two books they rolled out on launch last year. Gotcha. But. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing, like, and that's you know. Kickstarter's got you know whatever their nFT blockchain stuff going on. and mm. haven't heard anything about that since that scoop. So they went real quiet real fast.
1: Um, yeah, my my hope is to have a lot of places out there doing very well so that if they like i'm 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 pretty ignorant of the real what blockchain. So blockchain yeah. is one thing that I can't specifically say I understand well enough to be fur or again. Mm-hmm. uh <laughs> nfts i i don't uh i i've listened to the arguments of why they're all good and and not a single one has landed for me sure. and 80 percent of the arguments of why they're not good have made sense so i'm certainly and yeah. i'm not pro nft but i'm also not technologically uh uh versed enough to yeah. Fault someone trying it, even though I do not see how you could argue there's a value there. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: I'll say this: I'm not pro NFT, and I'm like you; I don't understand a lot of technical jargon, and and it's bad. The the energy use is bad for the environment. I get that, mm-hmm. and so I'm gonna stay away from it as long as possible. As long mm-hmm. as as long as I don't have to, you know, every car is bad for the environment as well. But I drive one, right? right? So. Now, if I can get to an energy-efficient car, mm-hmm. that'd be great. Um, if everything's running on solar um, and electricity, fantastic. Yeah. But um, so, I, you know, I'm going to stay away from NFTs as, as long as humanly possible until someone pull, you know, until all we're doing is crypto and every fiat money is gone. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so it's not- Hopefully
2: that nightmare will not come true. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, it won't. Hopefully, it won't. every every
1: other nightmare has. Will. I mean, uh, yeah, come on.
0: but we, you know, and 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 that's good to. Look. Blake says he just wants to sell a good shit for $48
1: dollars. Yes, Amen. we all. That. What you don't want to do is buy one for uh, what was it three million dollars and then sell it for two hundred and seventy-eight. That's yep. what you don't want to do. Yeah. No, okay.
0: um, but yeah. So the. Uh, um, but the thing is that DC is doing NFTs. Marvel's doing NFTs, and we all have friends that that are working for those companies.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: not gonna sit here and be like, "Yo, my friends that are making a living, working for these companies, are part of this evil whatever." And yeah. You know. So I'm not. It would be really bad. It would be really unfortunate and and not and not good, if Kickstarter continues down that road. But if my friends continue to use Kickstarter because it is the place where they can make a living doing mm-hmm. this, I'm not going to fault them for not yeah. jumping over to Zoop or whatever. And I, Zoop is doing well. Zoop is doing mm-hmm. well. I'm not trying to hate on Zoop because I, right. You know, I've seen a, I've backed a lot of Zoop projects. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Juan Ponce, I think that's his last name. Yeah. Yes, he just did 33 with Gavin. I told you one pronunciation a day. I'm not <laughs> no, no, that. no. I have to look it up his last name. I just can't remember. I'm looking it up now.
1: It I'm is just, actually, It is
0: after
2: midnight. So maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. I do owe yeah. you
0: one. Let me, well, let me see. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, and Zoop's growing. That, yeah. that is a good thing. We, I mean, yeah. the more, the more places that we have as creators to, you know, crowdfund mm-hmm. is just better. It's better for comics. Yeah. You know? I just
0: wasn't that aware of Zoop. I mean, I was aware, but I was like, I thought they were only grabbing like high rollers, like I thought they because they're real selective with their projects is what I knew or mm-hmm. was told. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're only grabbing like Marvel and DC people. Ponce, yes, thank you. So, <laughs> but then um but then Ignacio with the save. There yeah. we go. But uh and Juan did that did that story with uh with Marvel in their um the the Latinx uh, mm-hmm. collection. Um, and it was fantastic. That was great. But I had backed 33 on Kickstarter. It didn't make it. Um, I love, I love Gavin's art, um, but I also just, Gavin's my guy. Hmm. Um, and so it went over to Zoop and I was like, well, better figure out what Zoop's about. And that was <laughs> the first project I backed, but I have backed like a good handful over there and they're all hitting. Yeah. So that's good. And that's, and, and that's good. And so, yeah, Dauntless, um, I don't know if Zoop's... Is it all or nothing?
1: I believe so. I think so too. I, believe, okay. it is. Yeah, I okay.
0: think it is. Yeah, so there's that. And, and Dauntless, um, Dauntless is a little different in the fact that the book gets made, mm-hmm. you know, but um, because it's a publisher. But yeah. I just think that's good that a publisher is open and upfront about what they need to put a book mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And so, if, you know, if more customers say like, oh, damn, like this one sure. issue of of a 48 page comic is is um
1: seven thousand dollars seven thousand know. dollars
0: to get everything yeah. said and done and and people yeah. being able to eat yeah. um you know you kind of see and that's good i just like that openness about mm-hmm. open books to me is is a is a better way than everybody hiding and you know pearl clutching because the more open you are about what you get paid that allows everybody
2: to kind of it allows those conversations to happen.
0: Well, it's not mm-hmm. just that, it allows people to demand better.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: I, that whole that whole like don't tell people what you get paid. Nah, forget that. Like, I'm not trying to brag, I'm just trying to let you know what I'm getting so that you can go get it too, because you deserve it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think look, and this is what I look, sequential potential. They pay me $125 a page to script. And uh and Xenoscope offered me i didn't i didn't end up doing a book with them um they had me pitch some projects and they offered me twenty dollars a page Mm -hmm. so you know i know where i'm gonna be yeah right i know where i'm gonna be and 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 here's my thing if if sequential potential can come can do that they can figure that out Mm -hmm. and i over here hearing about like you know boom and idw and and even marvel and stuff paying under that that's tough that's tough yeah people deserve so, more. That's all I'm saying. And, and I know I'm probably never going to get a job with boomer IDW now. <laughs> if ever. Uh, but it's
1: a, is, I don't think we're that big of a podcast. Yeah, I, think uh, you're, I think you're I safe. Think you're uh, at the, no, I would love I guys, to speak into the interview inter- universe that you're not, but I think you're probably going to be okay. <laughs> but that's the
0: thing. Like I know what people deserve and, and, yeah. and, you know, so, um, Exactly. Thank Ignacio you, Ignacio. says yeah. it helps
1: yeah. to educate the readers about the cost of what they consume.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so and here's another thing like uh, and it's good for artists to be in positions where they can kind of demand some of that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Thorn. Uh, so the artists of Mustard Seed and Thorn. And I don't know if you have seen these. I've, I mean, I talk about them plenty, so I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen Thorn
1: bit. more than Mustard Seed, to be honest. I've, OK, so, that, I've, yeah.
0: so I've gone quiet on Mustard Seed because uh, Mark is doing the art for both and Mm -hmm. we can't make both at once um and so i was pitching them out to see which would get picked up first and now mustard seed got a lot of good inquiries because i did the pitch pit mad stuff with it okay and um and you know uh, editors from some good places came through uh one little brown books you know does twilight and stuff they're trying to do a like memoir like autobiographical semi-autobiographical line of of books and some Mm -hmm. of them have come out and they're fantastic they're just fantastic they reached out and they were an editor reached out for mustard seed saying hey we might want to put it in this line of books and then ended up you know just saying hey we've went with some other ones and i've seen Mm -hmm. them and i'm like yeah you did (laughs) um, i don't don't mind coming in second place to uh something like that yeah i feel not bad at all like you know um i think my book can hold its own with them but i get it i get it Uh um so but then uh advent comics uh reached out tony over Mm -hmm. at advent um who i love i just love what they're doing reached out and was like hey um just want to let you know, love the stuff you're putting out. You can bring over any book you want. Nice. And I said, okay. And and they have diamond distribution. And that's like, to me, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. That's a big yeah. deal to me. Um. And so I, I called Mark and I said, yo, and, and, and here's the thing. I know Tony likes Advent. And uh, I mean, I know Tony likes Thorn.
2: Mm-hmm. you know,
0: uh, over at Advent and Advent has a superhero universe. So he was like, look, if you want to bring over your Western or bring over whatever, you can. Um, but I know Tony likes Thorne. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you this. This is crazy. This is And this, Kevin, this might be a guy moment thing. It might be. <laughs> this, this story here. When I first, like I've been kind of keying in on Advent for four or five years now. When I first was like looking at like what would be kind of a cool place for Thorne. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first conversation I had with Mark, uh, the artist. I said, Man, I would love for this book to be with Advent Comics. And that was three years ago. And then last September, he just sent me a message and was like, You can bring anything over. And so I said, I, I said, Mark, let's do it. And he said, Let's do it.
2: Mm-hmm. And I sent
0: I sent that message back to Tony, he said we want to bring Thorn over because that was the one I wanted. <laughs> and so I said, Yes, this is it. <laughs> so it was great. Um, and so I say all that like Mark. Mark is an artist in the artist union up in New York that they have to hire, um, film and TV sets have to hire out of, and they pay great, like mm-hmm. just great. And, and so, and he, he's got a, a good spot right now on a TV show that films for like eight months, but they only need him for like eight to 12 hours a week, but they mm-hmm. have to pay him for, for a full 40, no matter what. So he's just kind of at home. And he, so he's like, look, I'm gonna do my job. I'm gonna draw thorn. And I said, awesome. And see, that's it. So I have to get into these situations where, and Mark said this, he's like, hey, look, I cannot draw anything without an advance until I get into the union. Once I get into the union,
3: mm-hmm. then I can
0: start drawing something without an advance. Right. And I yeah. said, okay. So then we kind of worked that out. Um, but now, like, so people do reach out to him for comic book work too. Mm-hmm. And he they say, you know, what's your rate? And he says, look, I do all pencil, ink, colors and letters um it's a thousand dollars a page and they say okay well can you do da 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 and he's like no it's a thousand dollars a page if you want it and i'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: make them say, say no yeah. because it, if they say it. yes it's a thousand dollars a page that's yeah. exactly
0: right and so but to be in a position i i just want more artists to be in positions like that
2: yeah you know, hey will um, what what does it always come back to here it always comes back to the artist. No, it always comes back to Neil Gaiman, right? That's right. Yeah. Is that <laughs> it? So,
1: so he got he got I'm starting to echo again. Damn it. Damn it. No, go um, ahead.
0: I can hear you great. Yeah. Um,
1: all right. So, if you hear an echo, I apologize. But Neil hates doing public speaking, but people were approaching him, approaching him, approaching him. So, he asked his agent how he could get out of doing that. And the agent said, set your price way up here. Yeah. And most people will inquire say no and leave yeah and if they still want to give you the money you're going to be fine with gi- giving 48 hours of your life and so yeah. you know every that's once right. in a while he'll do something because he's he set his i can take three days off for this price um and that's what the artist is doing it it's yeah. smart because if someone wants him then then he he can do it and, and I, I bet you, you'll say, take three weeks off.
0: <laughs> that's it. Exactly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, you can go get that. I'll. We yeah. can, we can slow it down. Now we, I mean, we have a contract with Advent on when we have to deliver, but we <laughs> can figure it out. Right? Yeah. right. Um, And so that's been good. And, and Mark, me and him are like, he's one of my best friends in the world now. So since that day we realized we lived across the street from each other, mm-hmm. we've become like super close. Like I talked to him, you know, now with so much going on for him in New York and me here, because uh, after he graduated, again like we're both seminary guys who really don't care to do anything in a church ever. Um, <laughs> like he went up to New York to become an artist full time. Like <laughs> he, um, but yeah. So we've we've gotten a little busier, but you know we still talk at least once a week. Uh, you know, usually twice. Um, so it's it's been good. Uh, but yeah. I'm just glad he's in that position, um, you know. And I, I wish more people were, and and that's my hope. So,
1: I got good news. Blake says he'll review your comic and have you on his show for three shiny pebbles and a bag of Skittle gummies.
0: <laughs> just hey, whatever the address is, I'm it. Yeah, DM me your address, Blake, and I'm sending it over tonight. That's it. Um, no. I de- look. Blake is high high quality and high caliber, so. Anytime he, he's offering a review, I'm yeah. whatever the price. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. We've gotten, I don't know. I just talk a lot. So where are we all want <laughs> to take we're... the conversation next?
1: <laughs> I think we should. I think we should turn it to uh, the the uh, campaigns that we've talked about. Sure. Um, um, but I really appreciate this Techo Nights nice. on Dauntless Stories. Um,
0: can I, can I plug a couple things and some people and then move on and then. Heck, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so,
1: Dauntless stories.com slash techno nights. K N I G H T S.
0: Yeah. There you go. go. And there's, there's three S's in there and it always throws me off.
1: <laughs> oh, and Dauntless stories. Yeah, Dauntless, Dauntless
0: stories. Story. I'm like, Man, yeah. this is crazy. <laughs> um, which I think he messed up on in the Twitter handle. Cause it only has two S's. And so that's uh-huh. weird. But it, <laughs> I think he just messed up. Because, um, but yeah, so I Thorn is a book I very uh, much care about. It's it's a it's a vigilante um, book, uh, kind of a. Um, it takes place in a Dallas neighborhood, a fictional Dallas neighborhood called Rosebush Heights, mm-hmm. um, but it is uh, very much. Um, I, I lived in in. Uh, the oldies dallas roseland area of of dallas it's been gentrified to no end at this point and so it's kind of like me processing that Mm -hmm. um in a vigilante storyline uh so i would it's going to come out with um advent next year artist mark pate look him up um his twitter handle is the hugest dude with some underscores (laughs) in between world in between uh uh, his personal comic's called Huge. And so, okay. um, but yeah, that'll come out. Actually, this is, I was so humbled by this, but Tony gave us, we have a zero issue. Um, it, it's eight pages. And so Tony gave us Advent's free comic book day spot nice. uh, in 2023. So Great. I'm just blown away. And then it'll come out, uh, issue one will come out in July uh, 2023. And so then its it's 12 issues. And it'll come out bi-monthly every other month uh, for mm-hmm. 23 months or whatever. Um, so there's that. And then I am on um, Black Gun is coming out with Band of Bards. Okay. Uh, that will crowdfund on Zoop, I guess, now. Okay. Um, is what it looks like. That's kind of the discussion now. And that might change based on how you know their numbers work out. but. um mm-hmm. And again, I can I find doing crowdfunding as long as somebody else is running it. Right. <laughs> so if a publisher is fulfilling it, amen. Like I'll man, I'd like to try that.
3: Yeah, I mean, it
0: <laughs> sounds like a cool good deal. deal. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. That's what we're doing with Band of Bards. They've got Sentience right now on mm-hmm. Zoom. Uh, uh Elise Russell, and just forgot the artist name. So, but yeah, and I'm with uh, Richard Kemp is the artist on that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great. And that'll come out. That's a. It's a black guns a western. It's a look at um, kind of. It's a fictionalization of the United States government kind of taking control of the land of the five civilized tribes in the Oklahoma Territory um, in the late 1800s. So my historian. Yeah, thank thank yeah. God that's fictional and never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I fictionalize a lot of it, <laughs> um, so I'm not you know no true story stuff or anything yeah. like that. I have to say that as a historian, I don't want yes. people to think I'm just doing some history but um this i'll say this uh this was kind of nerve-wracking so richard if you know richard um Hmm. he's he's great um he came to me we were i was i had written a short story black gun and he had read it and told me how much he liked it um and so i was like well and so he drew like a pinup for it i was like yeah i was like what if we turn this short story into little 10 page comic and he was like yeah and he drew it and i was like this is awesome so then i was like i mean i have an idea to turn this into and he was like let's do it (laughs) so then i pit mad i you know did that on pit mad and then band of bards was like hey we want that and i was like Mm -hmm. awesome um but then richard he's just kind of gotten uh uh he just been hit with some with some you know he had to do (sighs) he's had some tough time in comics uh, recently he had to do or he didn't have to do but he got he did three stories for a certain anthology didn't fund and it just didn't go out that way and so he kind of just got really frustrated and, and he's just kind of had, had some hard time so he called me up and was like hey i'm gonna take a step back for comics and i was like oh i guess we're not doing this book then And he was like no mm-hmm. no your book is the only book i care to do right now mm-hmm. and he said as long as you keep writing the way you do i'll keep drawing it and i said well, there's no pressure there. No, <laughs> so, no, no. Oh,
1: shit. I said, you're... Well, you, you can only write the way you do. I
3: yeah. know, right? I said, <laughs>
0: okay, I mean, you know, basically you're basing your the future of your desire to stay in comics based on <laughs> the quality of my writing. Challenge accepted. Let's go. Um, so that's coming out, uh, Band of Bars next year. And then, you know, now we have... But the thing at hand, before anything gets there, is Techno Nights. Mm-hmm. Um would love, I mean, if anybody has any other questions about the story, we'll be, there's, there's some more details coming out in the comic book uh, Yeti piece. Um, mm-hmm. We will have, which some, we
1: scooped. There right. you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy we, we got you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and then some, of uh, some more of the promotional stuff we're doing next week, we'll release more details of the story. So please follow me at Travis B Hill five. Um
1: yeah shawnee says kevin and will you're taking notes right oh you have way too much faith in us we, we, we might we might re-listen <laughs> to it yeah. um, so
0: yeah. so
1: when you listen to this band of bards uh reach out and tell us when stuff is going on and we'll yeah. get you on yeah, We are absolutely. not that organized
0: yeah <laughs> um so i'll say this follow me on twitter if, if you're listening and you don't travis b hill five um and and be if you're still kind of like, I don't know, like what more is a, Mm -hmm. is the super sentai story about? There will be in the promotional stuff. um, Some, some character bios that that Mm -hmm. we'll be releasing that kind of give details to the characters where they are 20 years later and what they're and, and kind of how the story progresses through their narratives, Mm -hmm. Uh, just little bits and pieces. So pay attention to that. If you're still kind of on the fence, it'll kind of, I think it'll drag you into the book. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then hard covers on there are $30. Um, one of 50. One of 50, yeah, yeah. limited yeah. edition. Yeah. I know Frankie sold his for $50. I told Marcus I can't do that. I don't feel good. <laughs> I don't feel that confident. <laughs> this is my first go. So this is my first series. I have two more coming out, like I said. This is my first go at it. Um, if you think, yo, this guy.
1: Just simply as a speculator, though, if you have yeah. one of 50 hard covers and right. eight years from now there's a Techno Nights movie or TV show,
0: there you go yeah um you know <laughs> i have faith in my writing and marcus's art that it'll be big so grab you one um so that's 30 dollars, and you get the beautiful uh ragazzoni um uh, variant cover i mean just fantastic uh paperback 12 and then digital 8 so uh, yeah. help us get over that marker uh you know, or closer to whatever that green, move that green bar, but, and <laughs> so, let us, and let us give you a story that, um, so I, how do, I how long writing. do we have,
1: when is your three week oh, yeah. window? Well, so. April,
0: April 29th is when we're cutting off pre-orders and then the book okay. will, uh, be shipped in either late September or early, early October. Um, and yeah, so April 29th. And that's just to let us know how many we need to be printing. That's right. it. Yeah. And so, we have our goal of printing you know 200 paperbacks in the first run um and then we will print 50 hardcovers and those won't be reprinted so right. there you go um nice. hey and thank you all so much for having me on kevin uh kevin reached out when he saw us go live with the the green light and kevin i really appreciate that yeah um yeah thank you thank you so Absolutely. this has been fun
1: now, Will and I get to talk comics every Friday night. Are you kidding? It's awesome.
0: There you go. I'm be <laughs> right. tuning in more often now. Well, <laughs> after the NBA playoffs, I'm sure. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> uh, you can yeah. you can you can have if us I'm, on to the well, left yeah, yeah, and be yeah. watching. You know. That's right. I can sit in the living room and and do this. This will be good. That's, that's easy. I have done that before, so that will be good. I don't have to talk, so that's easy.
1: So here we go. We're going to talk about, this is where it goes off the rails. We say this every week. We don't yeah. prepare for this. It's late. We're tired. And sometimes <laughs> we're talking about a project that we backed and read about like four weeks ago. Uh-huh. And that gets fun. <laughs> um, but but if we talk about it, we've backed it. So we we believe in it. We've already brought up Charlie Stickney, Finn Cram on colors, Connor Hughes on are uh, Mick Byers doing some layouts that Connor is is finishing up on the next uh, White Ash Deluxe Edition. Um, wh- there's nothing I can say other than these are really some of the people I like most in indie comics doing one of the books that I like most in any comics. And they're killing it for a reason. If you're looking for a great fantasy with twists and turns, sexy dudes, sexy ladies, Romeo and Juliet, you know, with all of the thing that entails, go <laughs> check out White Ash. That's right. Uh, how about Nine Crow? Or, yeah, could be. I just went next. Oh, You start talking about Nine Crow, I'll bring up the banner. I told you it was going to go off.
2: <laughs> We're already off. Of yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Nine Crow is a, uh, let me pull it up here.
1: Uh, Dora Mitchell, uh, yeah. is the writer and artist and letterer. She does everything you see. Um, psychological horror, a young lady realizes that, um, other young ladies are disappearing in her kind of mountain town and, uh, she starts to investigate, um, we had readers, we had listeners who are reading it as a web comic and right, yeah. everybody was excited to see how it ends. So, although I haven't read any of it yet shawnee says it's good so i'm i'm on board yep absolutely let's pull up rob
2: yep we're the yeah the wolf pack uh
1: night wolf a young man finds out it's sort of like teen wolf but with uh with fangs (laughs) a young man in high school finds out that he's part of this uh uh ancestral lineage of werewolves and but it's not is fun is when alex keaton got to you know ride on top of a truck it's more like your parents getting killed and uh put up on the the uh the altar of your fireplace so uh no it's sexy bloody gory good fun mm-hmm. absolutely next up Ooh, sacri- sacrifice yep that looks good uh, Laurent Valls Jr. His, uh, is the writer uh, of this. It is a story. I think you, you might really enjoy this one if you haven't checked it out, Travis. Um, it is a war between the angels and the demons. The demons are creating a ritual that will bring Lucifer to Earth to, to end humanity. And they actually finish the ritual except for the part where they kill the baby. The angels are able to save the baby's life but not stop the ritual. So this baby gets to live whatever his full lifespan is, but when he dies, it's all over. And somehow <laughs> Laurent has made this a comedy as yeah. well as this <laughs> big war between the demons and the angels. And uh, this baby, when we meet him at 18, is is kind of a detective in this crazy world that they've created. It's really imaginative. The demons are some of the most uh, compelling gross inventive demons i've seen on a comic page so it's a lot of fun
0: who is the author
1: uh laurent Valls jr is is the writer um i am blanking on the name of the artist right now but the art is tremendous as well
0: how's i mean are they on twitter i'm trying to like find them
1: always be evil i believe with underscores i believe it's always underscore b underscore they got b him right,
0: right here yes i am yeah. following them okay yeah yeah
1: he's he's a great dude Great. stay
0: right here yes i have seen this okay, okay cool
1: Sounds and good. we got uh we we brought it up earlier i believe yeah. shock headed peter this is cautionary tales from the 1840s a germanic cautionary tales this exists this is kind of the stories that a doctor told to tell people not to suck their thumbs because if they suck their thumbs, they would be cut off by shock headed Peter. And like you see the art and it's just these kids with bleeding th- stumps where their thumbs were crying. And that's what the stories were. And this uh, husband, uh, wife, writer team, uh, they, they work in film and, t- and TV and they decided just to turn this crazy cautionary tales in, into a, a Tim Burton-esque uh, comic book. Yep. And it's the art is really unique and absurd and and cool.
0: Sounds mm-hmm. like a nail biter vibe. <laughs>
1: ah! <Yeah>. But <Ba-dum-bum>. up <laughs> And uh, I think somebody has a campaign oh. coming soon. Huh? I will
2: I do indeed. Um crossover division number four has been approved. Um, and it is yeah four. They let me come back hey <laughs> so, let's go let's go but yeah uh it's going to finish off the first arc and uh looking forward to alice has the script and is uh, doing layouts now so uh, we're we're excited to be going on to the next one number three should be fulfilled uh as soon as we get it printed which should be when there, paper there. is available <laughs> oh, yeah. <Gosh. laughs> yeah exactly yeah. When paper there, is available
1: every, everything is very it's coming now you yeah. know it's you have to be a it's, little calmer when 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 projects are a little later now
0: yeah, that's in flux yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me uh, are there more
1: that yeah, that is that's, that's,
0: that's it. it for this so, yeah so you were saying it's the end of the first arc and I know Kevin you just did tart 14 or was it 15 yes sir okay um, D so Will, do you have a number of issues like crossover division is planned for? Twenty. Twenty. Okay. <laughs> awesome. And then, um, Kevin, do you have like a tart will end it? This I think, or at least the yeah. first plan is to end where? Uh,
1: the first plan was to end around forty-two issues, and then I found yeah. out how hard it is to make a, one comic book. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then we went through our outline, and I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, I don't if if, if if anyone has read TART um, issues eight and nine are four different stories.
0: Yeah. Let's yeah. just
1: say the, the first outline, those would be four issues, okay. 24 pages each. And I realized narratively for the series, we could tell what we needed to tell in, in 12 page increments. And get awesome. four issues out in two so we're shooting about 26 27 issues depending okay. on you know like i i, I don't, I don't want to say 27 and then realize that boy i need three issues to tell the finale and end up at yeah. 29 and look dumb because i i don't know and or you know but
2: but mid-20s
1: late 20s and so we're about halfway done gotcha.
2: well okay. past kevin let, let's talk about past kevin uh because mm-hmm. past kevin uh Started out with Tart being quite a few more issues than that, if I remember correctly.
1: 42. 42 is about what we <laughs> yeah. were
2: thinking about. Yeah. Now,
1: because I, when I started, I thought, well, what's my favorite comic? That's Sandman. That's 75 issues. That's obviously what publishers yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then yeah. We, we created all of this, and we went to publishers and found out they would really like a three-issue limited series. <laughs> that is, right. Has it? To oh, ever have to come back to unless yeah. it's caught fire. So, well, uh, you know, and kids and start
2: small. Kevin and I um, yep. are doing a crossover between mm-hmm. Crossover Division and uh, Tart. Yeah, there uh, yeah, yeah. That's coming maybe toward the end of this year, mm-hmm. maybe early next year. And uh, the stories will cross over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, our awesome. characters
1: meet up in the same town. Yeah. So we did we- a Yeah. We did a print where they were our my lead character and his two lead characters were fighting the Minotaur. And then we were just looking at it. It was really cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Kyle Roberts and uh, Ryan Kroboth yeah. did the art for it. And it was mm-hmm. just so cool and compelling. And then we were like, oh, wouldn't it be neat if it happened? And then
3: yeah. we
1: realized how how they could be in the same place at the same
2: time. And then we were like, well let's just write it. Who cares? let's yeah, just it doesn't of, have to be drawn. And it was, was it so much fun to write too i mean yeah.
0: love it does because <laughs> is 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 crossover division still solely self published
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: okay so then if y'all do that crossover mm-hmm. how like how does scout how does like your your contract with scout get involved in that is, is it all your ip so does not matter you can go it's do a, that or would
1: it's you it's a really good question that will you know will down uh, the road you know yeah, it's easier to out. say you're sorry than ask permission. <laughs> you <laughs> know, <laughs> like, like <laughs> my, my theory is if you know Will wants to do this in the future and pitches to Scout and Scout yeah. wants to right accept yeah. it, yeah. what an amazing way to introduce crossover division to the Scout readers with That's this crossover. Was
0: That's what i was But about, yeah.
1: we're gonna kickstart it as our own yeah. book and That'll be it. Um, cool. And then if if crossover was with Scout, great. If he got to another publisher, then probably it would be between Scout and that publisher to talk and see if they yeah.
0: Yeah. wanted okay. to do anything. But yeah. it's for the and love I mean, of the story. Which is, and, yeah, which I mean it's easy to get yeah. two publishers to figure out
2: a crossover. Absolutely. Yeah. Marvel and DC. <laughs> Marvel, and DC,
0: <laughs> Marvel and DC, they love doing that. Yeah, yeah uh, they did
2: that. Yeah. That, They're like this, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, well that was. They, a,
1: they good. didn't just only do seven thousand uh, of a book for the you know the most liked artist of right. all time, sure. uh, who is fighting the good fight and God bless you, George. Yeah. And they didn't just yeah. cap it at seven thousand,
0: right? Because because of issues of IP and all that weird stuff. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: but you know what? They put they got it out for George, and I'll give them I'll give him credit. They Amen. made it. Happen. They did it. They did. Yeah. It. You got so. to see it and hold
0: it. So part cool. of the part of the big thing about speaking about crossing over characters and stuff one great thing I love about Thorn being with Advent and that whole superhero universe is, right now Thorn is playing for two 24, I mean two 12 issue arcs mm-hmm. um, with like three acts of four issues in between mm-hmm. and that's it, like I'm not trying mm-hmm. to do, but I could write some crossover stories after that with yeah. all this universe <laughs> of superhero characters that could interact and I could write like mini stories and so I'm mm-hmm. like, oh Having it with this publisher gives it a life beyond its own if it wants to have one. So, but I was just wondering well, how you guys, because traditionally what I like to do with my stories is 12 issues or chapters mm-hmm. told in four chapter arcs. Mm-hmm. I love the Tom King method of doing it. You know, he's very 12 issues as much as he mm-hmm. can be, you know, 12 issue kind of segments. So I'm always. Or he could
1: That's do good. like a 12-issue a story and, and do it in like 70 issues when he got Batman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he, he can do, can do that do, too. He can do the well, Batman thing.
2: You know, for, for me, with Crossover Division, it was, it's almost like it's a five-act kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've got four, five, you know, five, four-issue four arcs, yeah. but there's a point. There's a point of no return where I kind of kick off the end, right? Which would be the mm-hmm. last arc. Sure. But if if it proves popular enough and people want more stories, we can exist kind of in those middle arcs for longer, you know, mm-hmm. if we need to to, to to find, you know, more stories to cross over with or something. But if to just tell it the way it is, then I know what happens in the first arc. I mean I've I know what happens in all twenty yeah. issues at this point. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. Haven't written them all yet. And mm-hmm. I actually came up with two other. I came up with two ideas the other day. I'm like, oh shit, that would be really good <laughs> to do. Okay, I have to fit that in, and then oh, okay, I got to do that one too. So okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. but no, twelve yeah. issue, twelve issue is so much smarter than twenty. Twenty is mm-hmm. so much smarter right. than forty two. But <laughs> here's the thing, Travis: six issues is smarter than twelve, and four smarter right. than six. Yeah. <laughs> you and know, that's, but
0: that's right, and and to yeah. get. I mean, when Advent said, because, like I said, they're in four whatever breakdowns. And it's like, mm-hmm. do you want, when I was talking with Tony, I was like, do you just want the first four? Because that's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, what's the story? And I told him the whole story from one to 12. And he's like, well, let's just sign it for 12. Okay. I said, <laughs> that's yeah, great. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely.
0: So, Wait,
2: let me think about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I did not. I did not say no. Yeah. Took me zero seconds to not say
1: no. No, that's so. awesome. Well, Travis, I think uh, Shawnee said it best, and I almost clicked on the wrong banner, which would have been terrible. Um, <laughs> Travis, it was awesome to get to chat with you. Yeah. Now, if I had said Shawnee said it best and clicked on this banner, I would look like such a douchebag.
0: No, I like you, man. That's perfect. No, that's awesome. That's good, too. No, did say it best. Shadi, yeah. we
1: love that you love our books, but boy, yeah. if I would have led with, she said it best, I, I would not have lived that down in my own <laughs> mind for a long time. Yeah. But um, it is it is about my bedtime. It's about one o'clock here. Yeah. Uh, Travis, thank you for joining
0: us.
3: And yes. uh, I told my wife
0: much. we would get late night tacos as soon as this was over. And I said by midnight we're gonna go do that. So that <laughs> is perfect timing. It's twelve oh one. You go you go yeah. enjoy some
1: tacos and it was a yeah. pleasure talking to you. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks. much.
0: And I hope we get to talk again
3: soon. Anytime. All right. Good night, everybody.
0: Yeah.